Top four items on today's Cigar Dave show in honor of the July 4th Independence Day holiday. Number one, Independence Day. Number two, America's last World War II Medal of Honor recipient, Heads West. Number three, well-known name returns to the cigar industry. And number four, ex-wives and mistresses with no code of honor. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant. The five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage, crafted through centuries of traditions. Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show. With the general. Action packed uh, Independence Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show. As always, we extend to you from Humidor 1A and Command Center Alpha, Long Ash Independence Day greetings and salutations, a Long Ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. It is your global five star general. Alpha Male and Chief Cigar Dave, front and center as always. Independence Day. Big, big celebration here in the United States of America. Probably, I would say, of all the federal holidays, definitely the most favorite. Why? Well, growing up in western New York in Buffalo, it was summer. So that really was a fun time. Fireworks, barbecue, swimming, nice weather, playing golf outside. Great day. And it's a celebratory day. We celebrate our freedoms. We celebrate those men, our founding forefathers, that risked it all on July 4th, 1776, to declare independence from Britain. Mick the Brit is not especially fond of this holiday. Too bad, Mick. We beat you guys fair and square. That's how it goes. Independence Day commemorates, of course, the Declaration of Independence, which was ratified by the Second Continental Congress on July 4th, 1776. And at that time, the Second Continental Congress declared that the 13 colonies were no longer subject and subordinate to the monarch of British King George III and were now united, free, and independent states or independent colonies. Congress voted to approve the independence on July 2nd, adopted the Declaration of Independence two, day, two days later, July 4th, in a very warm, humid Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I think it is only appropriate that we share just the beginning of the Declaration of Independence, what is particularly worrisome, and I know that all of our alphas that are listening, you are all well-versed on American history, on current events. You're all familiar with the Declaration of Independence. You're familiar with the Constitution. But sadly, think of how many of our nation's youth, and even those that are in their 20s, 30s, I dare to say some in their 40s, are clueless when it comes to the Declaration of Independence. 
So let us share just the beginning of the Declaration. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter it or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are, most are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove these, let facts be submitted to a candid world. And thereafter, in the Declaration of Independence, they go through their objections to King George III, that he has plundered the seas, ravaged the coast, abdicated government, suspending the colony's legislatures, going through the various oppressions. And it was signed by men who risked everything. Now, you may know the name Thomas Jefferson. And by the way, what is amazing is Thomas Jefferson crafted the Declaration of Independence. And he was only 33 years of age. Everybody sees pictures, paintings of Thomas Jefferson at the time and looked like he was in his 50s, 60s. He was 33 at the time. Amazing. But you are familiar with the names Thomas Jefferson and, of course, John Hancock and Benjamin Franklin. But there are other names. Sam Adams is another one. John Adams, they all signed. But there are other names. Button Gwinnett of Georgia, Lyman Hall of Georgia, John Penn of North Carolina, Thomas Hayward, Jr., Thomas Lynch, Jr., Arthur Middleton, Edward Rutledge of South Carolina, Benjamin Rush, George Clymer, George Taylor, George Ross of Pennsylvania, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple of New Hampshire. Those names don't sound familiar. William Floyd, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris of New York, not familiar. 
Caesar Rodney or Thomas McKean of Delaware, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Rhode Island, Samuel Huntington, Oliver Walcott of Connecticut, and Matthew Thornton of New Hampshire. You don't recognize their names, but many of them died penniless. Many of them were paid the ultimate price for their bravery. So I believe that today it is only appropriate. On this weekend, of course, Independence Day is on Monday. But we celebrate Independence Day weekend the entire weekend. Really started, I think, Thursday afternoon into Friday. But it is only appropriate that we recognize all those men, even though today in this woke culture where the founding forefathers are being, are being assaulted, both verbally assaulted by their statues being taken down, we are proud of the founding forefathers. Were they perfect? No. Do we always try to perfect our union? Yes. But there's a reason why millions of people around the world, from every continent, from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, from, from Australia, you name it, they want to South America. They want to immigrate to the United States and become Americans. That is not coincidental, my fellow alphas and lieutenants. So it is only appropriate that we pay tribute to those great men today. And I know there are women saying, oh, there were no women in the room. It was all men. We needed women to be part of it. Well, women were involved. Look at Betsy Ross with our flag. Clearly, times were different back in 1776, which unfortunately most people don't understand. And I want you to think about this for a moment. Generations, four or five generations from now, maybe in the year 2300, may look back and say, those men and women from 2022, from, from the 21st century, these people who we paid tribute to, a Barack Obama, or a Ronald Reagan, or, or pick, pick a name, pick somebody that we have honored. We should get rid of those statues. We should erase them from history because 200-some-odd years later, we deem them to be worthy of being canceled. We don't agree with what they did 200 years ago. Well, I'm sorry, that is history. You may not like all of American history, you may not like the fact that it was all men that created that signed the Declaration of Independence, but that is fact. There is no need to alter history. Unfortunately, we live in an era when that seems to be relatively prevalent. But here on the Cigar Dave Show, and for all of our alphas, we know better. So a long ash, snappy salute to all of the cosignees and signatories of the Declaration of Independence as we celebrate America's birthday this Monday. And on that note, we have so many people over the years, so many men and women that have fought for our freedom. The old adage, freedom is not free, and we know that. Unfortunately, many of the people in the Newer generations, if you will, the Gen Z, the millennial generations, many of them don't understand that because they've never had to put anything on the line. I've always been in favor of one year of mandatory service, whether it's in the military, between high school and college at 18, 
in some other form of community service, that would change dramatically the attitude that younger people have. And this is going back, I am telling you, that even if in 30, 40, 50 years we said 18, you're going in for one year, that would radically change this country for the better, I believe. It would allow our nation's youth to have a deeper appreciation for this great country. In Israel, at 18, men and women serve two years automatically in the Army or in the military, Air Force, in the Army, in the military services. Their survival depends on it. Nobody complains. Nobody says, I'm not going to go serve my time. I know many Israelis that have said, my kids can't wait. They believe in serving their country. They will go and serve honorably. They know what is on the line. We have it a little too easy here in the United States sometimes. And people get complacent. You've seen it. I've seen it. We all can recognize it. But there have been men and women that have served this country in hell holes, in shitholes around the world to defend democracy, to defend the United States of America and our freedom. And when I hear these nonsensical Democrats jumping up and down stating, our democracy depends on you voting for Democrats, biggest crock of horseshit known to man. It's the same regurgitated lines over and over. If you elect Republicans, if you elect President Trump again, our democracy will end. Our democracy depends on it. By the very definition, Americans going to vote and casting their vote, their own decision, free will, that is the definition of democracy. The reality is it's not that the Democrats are worried about democracy. The Democrats are worried that the Americans who exercise their democratic right to vote will not vote in their favor. That, to them, is a danger to democracy. They're conflating danger of democracy with Americans exercising their free right to address their elected officials by either retaining them in office or kicking their asses out of office. It is that simple. But throughout the years, we have had many great Americans. And there is a gentleman you may not know. His name is Herschel Woody Williams. You may not have ever heard of him. Maybe you've seen a story about him on the news. An American that just probably went about his business and during World War II enlisted and served this country nobly and honor uh, honorably. You may have never heard of him. But he was a, played a pivotal role in World War II in the Pacific Theater of Operations. Just like thousands and thousands of normal men, or boys really, many of them were seven, 16, 17, 18, you're still really a boy, not technically a man, even though at, at, at 18 we can consider ourselves to be at legal age. They went into the hellholes around the world. Normandy, Battle of the Bulge, North Africa, Japan, the Philippines, Iwo Jima. May not know their names, but together, their individual heroism allowed the United States to repel the Nazis, the Japan imperialists, so that our freedom 
And the world's freedom, European freedom, freedom in the Pacific theater of operations, was allowed to continue. Herschel Woody Williams passed away at the age of 98 this week. He was America's last surviving World War II veteran to have received a Medal of Honor. Passed away Wednesday morning, surrounded by his family. The last of 473 American service members who received a Medal of Honor in WW2. Woody Williams spent his final days with family at a hospital in his home state of West Virginia. So there you go, West Virginia. Mountaineer. Serves in the United States Armed Forces in World War II as a United States Marine and received his Medal of Honor from President Harry S. Truman for heroism during the Battle of Iwo Jima in 1945. He served as a flamethrower on Iwo Jima. He's credited with destroying multiple Japanese pillboxes and other gun emplacements while virtually unaided and at great danger to himself. He wiped out numerous positions over the course of four hours, returning to American lines only to refuel his flamethrowing weapon. Woody Williams last appeared in public on Memorial Day this year. He participated in a veterans event in Huntington, West Virginia. And at the time, he said that the event gave him hope for a resurgence of patriotism in the United States. He said, I've been at this probably 25 to 30 times, but I believe today we had more honorees than we've ever had before, and that's encouraging. It gives me encouragement that we're coming back and that we will again be the United States, that United States of America that had so much patriotism and love of country. Well, my fellow alphas, you and I all have patriotism. It never left. But there are some, especially on the left, that despise this country. They were eating sand in Somali or Ethiopian refugee camps. They are welcomed as refugees in the United States. They are put on social welfare, on public assistance. They are welcomed. They participate in the freedoms that are granted to every American. They get educated. And they, some of them come, uh, go to become elected officials. They become members of Congress. Ilhan Omar, perfect example was eating sand in an African refugee camp, comes to the United States. We welcome her. We welcomed her family. She could have gone anywhere in the world. She could have gone to uh, Britain. She could have gone somewhere else. could have gone to France. No, she decided in her family, we want to come to the United States. Why? Because we're so evil? No, because we're so damn good. And she gets here and now believes that America is a, coloniali a, a colonializing a country that we're evil, that we should be destroyed. And we see that over and over from people on the left. They hate this country. You and I, we are patriots. We are patriotic. It is a certain group on the left that despise this country, that want to destroy this country. They shall be defeated, especially on election day come November. So in memory and in honor, of Herschel Woody Williams, America's last surviving World War II veteran to receive a Medal of Honor. We will play taps. I ask you to rise 
and to remember not only Woody, but every World War II veteran that is no longer with us, and for that matter, every veteran that served, that remained forever young on the battlefield, or luckily came home and is no longer with us as we memorialize them as is appropriate on this Independence Day weekend. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, on this Independence Day weekend, I think it is only appropriate, I believe it is only appropriate, that we enjoy a cigar that is made in the United States of America. Now, there are great cigars that come from the Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, absolutely. But on this Independence Day weekend, let's celebrate America and let's celebrate a great premium cigar factory down in Miami, the second cigar city. The main cigar city is the cigar city of Tampa. And then Miami is the second cigar city. El Titan de Bronze, a well-known cigar manufacturer down in Miami on Cayocho, Southwest 8th Street. Owned by Sandy Cobus, longtime friend. In fact, if you go into the store, you'll see uh, she made me autograph a box of cigars and get her an autographed picture of me. So as you walk in, you'll see that. You know that I've been there many times. Always on my list when I go to Miami. Got to see Sandy, have some Cafe Cubano, have a little lunch, smoke some great new blends. And one of my favorites from El Titan de Bronze is the Titan Redemption Maduro. Dominican, first of all, it starts with a Mexican San Andrean Morone wrapper. Love that. That is from the Torrents, one of my favorites. The binder is Nicaraguan. The filler is Nicaraguan and Dominican. Medium to full-bodied, a beautiful cigar. And in fact, I have just pulled out my favorite Toro. 
Six inches in length with a 52 ring gauge, 1250 per cigar. Hand rolled right in the El Titan de Bronze factory in Little Havana, Miami. When you go in, as for Sandy Teller's Cigar Dave, the general essentia, she will treat you great. And it's like going to see family. And they've expanded and expanded. Not only are they making cigars for themselves, they're now making the new Partagas uh, Miami. They make numerous other blends from La Polina. They've really become one of the go-to cigar manufacturers, not only in the country, but really in the world. But they're, they're Miami cigars. They have all Cuban, you know, top-grade 910 rollers. Very, very cool little operation, and they keep growing and growing. Every time I see Sandy, Sandy, you need another space. She goes, I got more space. I said, you need more. So they just do, they manufacture great cigars, just beautiful sticks. 1250, the LT Ton de Bronze Titan Redemption Maduro on this Independence Day weekend. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Well, I have somewhere here. Wait a minute, I'll find it amongst my pile here. There it is. I have a pile of all sorts of stuff here. My self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Labs, I've got my grenade. Big, looks like a grenade. Tank feels like a grenade. Single jet flame, butane flame. That's what I would use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Here comes the cut. Very nice. Let me toast the foot of the cigar. And I just realized that, let me take a look here. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think, uh, yes. Yesterday was Canada Day, eh? So to our neighbors to the north, a happy Independence Day to you as well. I think uh, for those of you living in Canada, we in the United States, we go and barbecue, you know, throw uh, quality dead meat products on the grill. In Canada, they go to Tim Hortons, eh? To get coffee and donuts and some Timbits, eh? That's what they do in the great white north. So uh, happy Independence Day to those of you in Canada. And my condolences for having to live with Justine Trudeau. Talk about a threat to democracy. He's it. Actually, correct name is Justine Castro Trudeau, because his real father is Fidel Castro. Look at pictures side by side. And the mother, who was kind of a little bit of a, as they would say on The Sopranos, she was a hua, Tony, she was a hua. Where does she uh, kind of stupped uh, Castro? Had a big uh, big thing for him. Wouldn't surprise me at all. All right, let me puff and rotate. And if you saw Pierre Elliott Trudeau, he was much older than, uh, than Margaret Trudeau. He was nothing to look at. All right, and I heard he shot blanks. Just saying, that's what I heard. Okay. As I puff and rotate here. Mmm. Oh, love this San Andre and Baron wrapper. Fantastic. Mmm. Mmm-hmm. Mmm. Lovely flavor. Nice spice, nice richness, a little bit of cocoa espresso. Take another puff. Mmm. I need something. Also, American-based. That will complement this El Titan de Bronze Titan Redemption Maduro. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I've just pulled out a cool little bottle of a spirit that was the first spirit 
distilled in the in New York State since Prohibition. Hudson whiskey. Hudson is in the Hudson Valley uh, in New York State. Interesting story in that it is New York made. They use New York sourced uh, corn, New York sourced rye. The One of the well-known craft distillers started back in 2003. What happened was is that the founder, Ralph Arenzo, wanted to build a rock climbing wall. He couldn't get approval, so he said, all right, well, what about a distillery? The council said, sure, that you can build, and he did. And now in New York State, they actually promote New York State craft brewing and uh, craft distilling, and there are tax incentives if you use a majority, I think 80% of your raw ingredients, the corn, the rye, comes is grown in New York State. So. Interesting story, and one of their spirits that they proudly created is the Hudson Whiskey, their rye whiskey. It is, uh, and it's called the, they've got several, but they've just added this recently. It's the Hudson Whiskey NY, New York, short stack, New York straight rye whiskey that is finished in Vermont maple syrup barrels. This is a beautiful looking whiskey. It is aged a minimum of three years, 92 proof, 46% alcohol by volume. And the short stack is the Hudson whiskey or distillery toast to those late night haunts in New York since it stays up all night. Many people get breakfast at night, so they figured, hey, let's do something kind of cool, short stack. They take the rye, it is aged in American oak, then finished in Vermont maple syrup barrels. They consider it their blue plate special. Let me go ahead and take a sniff here. Wow, definite notes of maple, notes of vanilla, some oakiness. Let me say cheers, hang on. Okay, take a sip. Mmm, outstanding. Wow, maple, vanilla, that rye, you get some of that kick, a little warmth on the palate. Actually, it won the International Spirits Challenge, won the 2021 gold medal. And they also won some other awards in previous years. What's interesting is Tuttletown Spirits became so popular and so successful that William Grant, the folks behind Balvini and other well-known Worldwide brands came in and decided to buy Tuttletown Spirits. Still made in uh, Gardner, New York, upstate New York. But now what it has allowed them to do is obviously bring William Grant's distribution arm as well as uh, the, the ability to just buy in larger quantities and do some different things. So they still retain the heart of their whiskey. Very nice whiskey. Goes nicely. Hmm with my American-made El Titan de Bronze Titan Redemption. So American rye whiskey, the Hudson Whiskey Short Stack, and my El Titan de Bronze Titan Redemption Maduro, both made one in New York State, the other down in Miami in Florida. We've got a great combination. When we come back, a well-known name returning to the cigar industry. Glad to see it. 
I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Just around 12 years ago, at this time, maybe, maybe in another week, 10 days, somewhere around there, I had the privilege and the absolute pleasure to fly to Nashville with uh, our director of broadcast engineering at the time, Easy Ed Pendino, and we conducted a live broadcast from the CAO World Headquarters in Nashville, which was a big celebration as CAO was celebrating the fact that they had sold the company, they wanted to share the success, they wanted to show their appreciation to all of their loyal cigar smokers and people in uh, Nashville and their hometown. We had about 1,200 people for a live broadcast from the headquarters that was off the charts. I mean, the hospitality that was shown to us by Tim Osgener, the family that started CAO Cigars and Mike Condor and John Huber, both uh, high-ranking executives at CAO at the time, was just absolutely off the charts. And after Tim sold, uh, he initially sold, his father started the company making pipes, which is very interesting. I mean, it started as a pipe maker, and then right around the cigar boom, decided that they would launch CAO Cigars right around 1995, right around the same time as we started the forerunner to the Cigar Dave show, Smoke This. The brand, starting with their CAO Gold, became a hit. And when Tim came aboard and John Huber came aboard, they really started to experiment. Then they had the CAO Italia and the America and the Brasilia. They really did some unique things that nobody in the cigar world had done. And then in 2007, the Osgener family sold CAO to European cigar maker Henry Wintermans. And then in 2010, after the merger between Swedish Match and Scandinavian Tobacco Group, CAO was moved from Nashville to Richmond, and Tim left the company, as did many of the other executives. But good news. Tim Osgener is back with a new brand that bears his family name. It is called the Osgener Family Cigars Bosphorus. First blend he's created in 12 years. There will be other blends that he will launch. It will debut next week. Four sizes, each reflecting the ring gauge. A B50, which is four inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. The B52, which is a 5x52 Robusto. The B54, a 6.5x54 Toro. And the B55, a 5.5x55 cigar. All box-pressed. The blend starts with a dark Ecuadorian Sumatra leaf. The binder has two binders, one Ecuadorian Connecticut, the other is Nicaraguan Jalapa. The filler, filler is entirely grown in Nicaragua. A mix of 
fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and the volcanic island of Ometepe. It's made at Tabacalera Pichardo in Nicaragua. Suggested retail 13 to 15 bucks. Expect to see them on retailer shelves somewhere around late July into August. And the name Bosphorus refers to the Bosphorus Strait, a slim, historically important body of water that separates Europe from Asia. It's located in Turkey. The country's largest city, Istanbul, straddles both sides of the strait. And that's where Tim Osgener's parents, his father Kano, uh, was born in Turkey, as was his mother. So Bosphorus reflects the cultural mix of that part of the world, and also how cigars can unite people from different backgrounds, as his mother was Turkish, his father was Armenian, an Armenian Turk. Just a great, uh, great story. Beautiful artwork, beautiful box. These cigars are being distributed by my good pals at uh, Crowned Heads, Mike Condor and John Huber. And it has just been announced that Tim Osgener is going to become a partner in Crown Heads. So that is fantastic. The, the band is getting back together, and I could not be happier. They are wonderful guys. All right, finally, on this Independence Day weekend, there is no honor anymore amongst ex-wives and mistresses. Here's a perfect example. Rudy Giuliani's ex-wife apparently is coming out with a book or contributed to a book, and in the book, she makes a startling revelation that after he ended his unsuccessful 2008 White House campaign, you'll never believe it. He was kind of bummed out over it. He couldn't get over it. So he went down to Palm Beach, stayed down there, you know, got out of New York. And what did he do? He slept in late and heaven forbid... He smoked cigars in his bathrobe. We need a congressional investigation immediately about this. How dare a political uh, official, Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York, unsuccessful presidential candidate in 2008, he smoked cigars in his bathroom. I believe Liz Cheney would find this to be very salacious. And Adam Kinzinger and all the other ultra-left Dem loons that are on the Jan 6 committee. I think they should bring him in. And I think his ex-wife should testify dramatically in saying that Rudy would smoke cigars in his bathrobe, sitting on the balcony and drinking coffee or having a spirit. And he would get up late. He would normally get up and it was mayor of New York, you know, 5, 6 a.m. But oh, he was sleeping till 8, 9, 10 in the morning. Heaven forbid, maybe we'll hear that he smoked a cigar and he tried to grab the steering wheel while sitting in the back seat of a taxi or an Uber. Who knows? I mean, this is, the, this, is, this is salacious bullshit. Come on. I credit Rudy Giuliani for saying, hey, screw it. I'm going to smoke cigars in my bathrobe. Listen, on a Saturday, Sunday morning, I get up, take Baron, Pendragon's Royal Baron, my uh, canine German shepherd, out. I sit on the veranda, I light up a cigar, and guess what? Probably in my boxer shorts and a t-shirt. No problem. Nobody's going to bother me. The mere fact that his ex-wife would be that vindictive to say, oh, startling, he smoked cigars in his bathroom or bathrobe, and he got up late. And here's another one. Rachel Yucatel. She was the one of Tiger Woods' mistresses. Now, she said, oh, it was more than that. It was a relationship. Who cares? She was banging Tiger Woods for who knows how many years. Now, that was 13 years ago. Everybody knows about it. It's done. Nobody cares about Rachel, you could tell. But now she's trying to shop a book, saying that there are other details that I want to bring out. 
Never mind that Tiger Woods compensated Rachel Yucatel $5 million in exchange for her signing a strict non-disclosure agreement. I guarantee you, she never saw so much money in her life. She would never see so much money in 10 lifetimes than getting that $5 bucks. And what does she do? Soon thereafter, she does a, uh, a, 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 she goes on celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew, agrees to an OK Magazine interview where the headline mentioned Woods' name. And now she's going to participate in an HBO documentary because she wanted people to see what really happened. This is nonsense. Nobody forced this woman or any other woman to have an affair with a man and vice versa. And if it ends, shut the fuck up and leave. You were part of it. It takes two to tango. You were in it consensually. You were in it voluntarily. You knew Tiger Woods was married. So let's not play victim, especially when you get five million large to keep your mouth shut. There is no honor anymore. My feeling is, look, if someone has an affair or even if you're in a relationship with someone, you're dating someone, it breaks up, keep your mouth shut. I've had that where I've said, hey, look, it's not working. I wish you the best. And people say, hey, well, what happened? Hey, nothing. It just didn't work out. And there have been times when it could have been somebody that we wanted out of the harem because they were not uh, suitable for me. We just thought they were a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But we still keep it nice and high. We don't go low. Keep it classy. But these jilted ex-wives and ex-lovers. And by the way, Rudy Giuliani's ex-wife She's not happy about the fact that he divorced her and then he was starting to bang someone else, but she came away with loads of cash, more than she would ever receive before. By the way, she acts so surprised that Rudy Giuliani wanted to smoke cigar in his bathroom. Do you know where she met Rudy Giuliani initially? Judy Nathanson was her maiden name. At Club Macanudo on the Upper East Side of New York City in Manhattan. So please, let's not play so surprised that Rudy wants to enjoy cigars or sleep late. And to Rachel, you could tell you had your day 13 years ago. It's over, sweetheart. You got $5 million. Shut up and go away. End of discussion. Sergeant Steve, real quick, what are you going to throw on the grill for uh, Independence Day weekend? Uh, I, I, we're going to do some ribs on Monday, and I haven't decided for tomorrow. Mm. Well, let me just say that I've stocked up on quality dead meat products. Uh, last night, there's a new a purveyor of meat. It's all frozen, but there's a special freezing method. It just opened a store near me. So I figured, okay, it's tough to find a cowboy ribeye steak. Pick one up, two and a half pounds. Let it uh, thaw over really about five, six hours. Boom. Put, uh, uh, seasoned it up, put it in the refrigerator. I made it last night. Took a long time to cook because it's like two and a half inches thick. Could only uh, finish about a third of it. Although I will say Baron enjoyed some, uh, some of that fine quality cowboy steak in his dinner last night and again for breakfast. Off the charts, I've got sparabs I bought. Not easy to find sparabs. I didn't want the St. Louis. I want the full sparabs. So I've got a unique uh, way of smoking them. I'm going to try that, I think, this weekend. And I've got a uh, brisket that I think, a smaller brisket that I may do as well. So I'm going to experiment around on the uh, smoker, I think, this weekend. But Oh, also, Sergeant Steve. Salem's hot dogs. You got to throw some of those on the on the grill or uh, uh, on the grill. You can't put those on the smoker. And I know you have become a fan of Buffalo Salem's hot dogs. Yeah, absolutely. 
And they are available at Publix, by the way. So all the public stores across the country, in the southeast primarily, they have them. And I know they are expanding their distribution. And I just saw a YouTube video where a guy took a, a rank. He did like a tasting, a blind tasting of about a dozen hot dogs. Salins came in number two, and he said it was almost a, tough to decide number one and two. But Salins Smokehouse Dogs, the best. If you never tried them and you live in, a, in an area that has a Publix or you're in the northeast that has Wegmans, you'll be able to find them. Great hot dog. you got to put them on the grill and get them charred. All right, Sergeant Steve, have a wonderful, safe Independence Day weekend. And to all of you, have a fantastic weekend, safe weekend. We celebrate America's independence. A long-ass snappy salute to all of our founding forefathers. We're proud of them. We don't assail them in any way. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the anti-America leftists. Live it up and happy Independence Day.